Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the JWB Dynasty Digest, where we give you consumable dynasty perspective. He's Skyler. I'm Wyatt. And tonight we are joined by Britt Flynn from Lightning Round, Fantasy Alarm, Fighting Chance Fantasy. And tonight we're going to be talking about some wide receivers that might be getting a little bit forgotten about. So stay tuned. He has the hearts of a lot of fantasy players. I like it a lot, honestly. I'm like, I'm, I'm in for death, taxes, and the 2022 wide receiver class. I like what you were saying, Skylar. No player is completely untouchable. I think you guys really, I had not, I have not really heard this yet. I listen to a lot of pods and I have not heard this yet. Well done, gentlemen. I'm really impressed. Britt, how's it going? It's going so good, except for maybe the random like prehistoric dinosaur flying around in here. So <laughs> yeah. we'll see if I just jump off camera. Pre-show pre uh, panic with a random just, bug you, coming around. You know, it gets the heart rate going, gets me in the zone. It's great. <laughs> love it. Love it. So uh, tonight we're going to talk about some wide receivers that haven't been getting too much press this offseason, I would say. And we're going to see if we're, you know, buying, selling these players. But before we do that, we always try to have a little fun with our guests and give them a surprise question. So, Britt. Are you ready for yours? Ready as I'll ever be. <laughs> okay. Would you rather have your one of your co-hosts, Andrew Cooper or Kevin Tompkins, run your teams for you? You got to pick one of them. And, and if you want to trash the other in the same breath, go for it. I think, oh man, that is so tough. <laughs> I, I think I'm going to have to lean Kevin just because Coop's obsessed with tight ends. And unless I get Travis Kelsey, then the tight end position is, you know, very hit or miss. So I think I have to go Kevin, but no disrespect to either one of them. I would love to have a co-managed league with, with either and both of them. But you heard <laughs> but it no here tight first. ends for me. Brett says uh, Andrew Cooper is bad at fantasy. Yeah, so. the answer is never, the answer is never Coop. I mean, that's, that's part about Coop is you get to mess with Coop. You can't mess with Coop if he's on, if he's your co-manager, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You want the banter, right? Oh, we've got All that right. down to a T. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's talk some about some wide receivers. We're going to start off with Amari Cooper, who Dynasty League Football June started ADP was wide receiver 35, 29 years old, actually starting to finally get up there in age. It seemed like he was kind of ageless there for a while, I would say. Last year, though, wide receiver 14 and half PPR points per game with 12.2. He's been in between 11 points per game and 12.9 points per game in all but one of his seasons. I would say last year was a little bit of an overperformance compared to what we were thinking since he played most that season with Jacoby Brissett and then ended the season with a really rusty Deshaun Watson. But he is someone who hasn't really been talked about too much. Maybe it's just because the other moves that are happening. Maybe it's because of all the talk about Deshaun Watson that he's just kind of being forgotten about here, I would say. I know on this channel, we were saying, you know, rookie drafts. We were trying to trade our late first rounders for Amari Cooper because we weren't really happy with who was there. Uh, Britt, do you like Amari Cooper? Are you into it? I love Amari Cooper, and I feel like he's perennially undervalued. I think because we remember him um, and his time with the Raiders, where he would put up, you know, 30 points, and then the next game he would put up a big goose egg. But he's such a good route runner, and in this Cleveland offense, he really is a target monster. He was 16th in the league in total targets last season. He was 11th in yards, and he was 4th in touchdowns on a run first team, like, which is crazy mm -hmm. to me. Um, we know he's getting older. Like you said, he is 29, but he's still such a good route runner and a target hog. I think that if Deshaun Watson can return to form, then he has huge upside for a few more years on your dynasty teams. Um, he kind of offers that stability when you're building out your roster 
with these younger players who may need a little more time to develop. Um, he's that piece that can kind of be the rock on your on your team. And man, I love him. And also, side note, I'm very mad at Jerry Jones for trading him out <laughs> of Dallas. <laughs> I know, right? Uh, the Browns got him for real cheap. Uh, but part of that was because of the contract, right? But like, still looking back at the trade, the Browns got a good one there. Yes, it was so unfair. And congratulations to you. I mean, you you won <laughs> yeah, out on this trade. Bad, We're talking right? about trades, but. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I love what you were saying there about, you know, he's especially a good target, like when you're, you're, you're drafting those young wide receivers, but he's the person who can help get you there, you know, when you have some of these young wide receivers who aren't quite producing where we want yet. Um, Skyler, another thing that I like about Amari Cooper right now is that the Browns, a lot of stuff coming out of camp, that this team is going to start putting the ball into Deshaun Watson's wheelhouse with the offense and up the pass rate a little bit, doing more of what works for Deshaun Watson and preparing to do that, which I think will mean good things for Amari Cooper. What do you think? Yeah, you get a you get a quarterback in who's pretty who is uh supported a wide receiver one for basically the entirety of his career. He's I mean, he's got Cedric Tillman there whose profile's best case scenario to be like a court and Sutton type player. You've got Donovan People Jones who showed last year that like he can be a two, but it's kind of a de facto two. You got Elijah Moore who's you know primarily gonna play out of the slot. There's nothing really keeping Amari Cooper from being exactly what he's been his entire career. Their offense last year, too. Like we were as great as Amari Cooper was doing until the end of the year. I mean, obviously, end up finishing as a wide receiver one. You mentioned the the touchdowns. Cleveland early in the year had the the highest rate of rushing touchdowns versus receiving touchdowns in the entire NFL. It screamed a regression. Uh, obviously, there were reasons for that. They had Jacoby Brissett at the helm, whose career touchdown percentage is 3%. We like players like Jacoby Brissett and Teddy Bridgewater as quarterbacks in the NFL because we say, well, they're competent enough to get you down and keep you in games. But the reason they can't win you those games because they just don't score when they get down there. Deshaun Watson for his career is around 6% touchdown percentage, which I, I'm not that, you know, we don't, you don't have to be great at math to look and say that yeah. 6% versus 3% is about twofold, right? I'm expecting their team touchdowns in the air to double next year, maybe not, but it certainly leads to more upside here. And Mark Cooper is still that number one guy. My big thing with the Cleveland Browns, uh, well, for Amari Cooper specifically, for his entire career, is. He's so much of a what have you done for me lately type guy that people forget just how talented he is. I'll, I'll get to where I'm going. And your Mark Cooper's been around for what seems like forever, right? Uh, he's, he's been in the league since, what, like 20, 2004, it feels like. <laughs> yeah, he was with like Amari, 15 when he joined. Exactly. So with Amari Cooper, I think everyone who plays fantasy football has had Amari Cooper on a redraft team at some point. Is That's probably fair to say. And if oh, yeah. Amari Cooper yeah. was on your fantasy team at some point, He's been good enough to where you probably got to the playoffs with Amari Cooper on your team at some point. Well, the week 15 curse for Amari Cooper is crazy. And when I read you what he has done in week 15 since 2016, it might explain why managers just have this in their head that he's just like, hey, he's an afterthought. He's not that desirable. And it's like, well, this is guy has been a wide receiver one every single year. Last year in week 15, he had 9.8 points in week 15. It doesn't kill you. What if I told you that's the best Week 15, this dude has had since 2016. 2.8 the year before, 2.3 the year before, 2.9 the year before, 8.3 the year before, 0 the year before, 3.8 the year before. Amari Cooper has been a wide receiver one his entire career. Get you to the playoffs, you get to the playoffs, and then you see this guy put up three points as your wide receiver one, and you probably don't make it to the next round, and you say, screw Amari Cooper, I'm never drafting him again. And I just feel like that's why every single offseason, he's just the perennial buy. It's annoying there was a month back where we banned Amari Cooper. Like we need to take a few weeks off because he's always our buy because we're like, you're getting a player who can finish as a wide receiver one 
but doesn't even need to because you're buying him as your wide receiver three. Like you're getting this guy in the somewhere between around seven to 10 of your Superflex startup drafts. And he's just more likely than not going to give you at least two more seasons as at least a wide receiver two. And I always buy in on that. I always buy in on that over a lot of question marks. Like I know exactly what Amari Cooper is. Why mention it? Your late first round picks. The Don Kincaid hype is great, but even but there and anywhere past that, I mean, we're talking we're talking players that I would put maybe a twenty five percent hit rate at finishing top twelve in their position at any point in their career. Amari Cooper has done it what eight times. So I'll take him. I'll take another couple of years of Amari Cooper in just about every scenario. All right, Britt. I want to do a quick this or that with Amari Cooper. Would you rather have Amari Cooper or George Pickens? Oh, Amari Cooper. I think, I think in Pickens current situation, like, yes, he does thrive in getting separation and he thrives at those deep balls, but let's be honest, Kenny Pickett ain't throwing those deep balls. <laughs> he's, he's just not. And, uh, Cooper wins out every time he can play everywhere over the field. And, uh, yeah, Watson loves him. I'm, I'm with you there. All right. Another one, Amari Cooper or Zay Flowers. Oh, See, make, this make one's tough. a tough one because we don't really know how that Todd Munkin yeah. offense is going to shake out. But I I think I still have to go with Amari Cooper. I like bigger receivers, especially in this day and age of the NFL. And it might take flowers. Like, I don't know. I think the Ravens are going to probably target their running backs more. I think that there was a new story today yeah, that came out about, about that. So if that comes to fruition, uh, yeah, Cooper all day. Yeah, I, I have those two back-to-back, and for me, it's probably team-dependent on which way I want to go. Skylar, do you have an answer to those this or that's? Yeah, it's see, it's strictly a market game with Zay Flowers, but like if you're actually asking me who I want on my team, the answer is Amari Cooper. But it's it's a tough move to yeah. make because I would struggle yeah. to pull the trigger at like yeah. for like. I probably just hold whichever I have unless I can get a plus on top of one for the other. If I can move Zay Flowers for Amari in a second, I'm taking Amari in a second every time. But if I can move Amari and get anything on top of Zay, I'm taking Zay. It's kind of where we have it. Uh, why it's tricky? Well, we have Amari Cooper as wide receiver 29. Our consensus Zay Zay at 31, Pickens at 36. Like we're right there with Amari Cooper over these young guys. Like if Zay Flowers comes out and gives us a breakout like a Deontay Johnson. Like he just demands targets. Uh, You'd be pleased. But right now the market has safe flowers, at least a second over Deontay Johnson. Who's just another guy. We a little less confident in short-term production to Amari Cooper, but it's just like, when we're looking at these young guys, it's what is our expectation? Even if they hit, we're already paying like they've hit. Uh, That's only my, my pushback there. So yeah, uh, Amari Cooper for me, but it's very close to Zay. Hey guys, super quick here. Before we dive into today's video, I just want to let you know about our Clips catalog, which is absolutely free. It's in the description. There is a link to the Google spreadsheet where we have our most recent take on any single player. I haven't seen this anywhere. So for you guys who are subscribed, you might not know about this or anyone who is new here, please, I absolutely advise you to go check it out. It's a really good resource. You can see right here, you clip on it, over 200 and 30 players at the moment, over 500 clips. You come in, you want to look up any name, maybe Dak Prescott, Jalen Waddle, maybe some more topical things. Alexander Madison, DeAndre Hopkins are hot names. Remember, you want to go deep, like AT Pair, Clinton Tune, whatever you want. We have it here. You'll click right on the hyperlink. It'll bring you right to our most recent video on the player. Now let's get into today's video. All right, let's move on to our second wide receiver of the day, Cortland Sutton. Dynasty League football, June startup ADP of wide receiver 50 will turn 28 
during the season. He was wide receiver 41 and half PPR points per game with eight and a half last year. But the surprising thing here, I think, was that was the second highest points per game of his career, other than his breakout year as a sophomore with 11.7 points per game. But if you look at that career, other than that sophomore year, and yes, he's had the torn ACL, and I think it's maybe done a little bit more damage to him than a lot of other wide receivers. There's not much there. Um, I have fallen victim to Cortland Sutton over the last couple of years, believing in the unbelievable highlight reel he had as a sophomore in the NFL. But I've, you know, I've, I've had my come to Jesus moment with Cortland Sutton this year, and I'm, I'm completely off on the Cortland Sutton business. Uh, Skyler, what do you think about Cortland Sutton? Yeah, I think we all got sucked in a little bit with Corinth Sutton last year with Russell wasn't coming into town. This is finally Denver has a competent quarterback. You know, this is a player who has over 300 career touchdowns in the air. Uh, Corinth Sutton's his big bodied guy. Both him and Sutton can be top 24. This is finally the year we get to, to, to see uh, some production out of all the players in Denver we've been holding. Well, that kind of blew up in all of our faces, right? I can understand the excitement and why we were in on Corinth Sutton last year. I also understand why it absolutely blew up. I and mean, Russell Wilson ended up with 16 touchdowns. And if that's really was our argument for, for Cortland Sutton being, you know, the guy being a top 24 dynasty wide receiver, where a lot of people put him up in their ranks last year in dynasty, uh, you can understand why it didn't happen. Uh, with Cortland Sutton, it's a tough situation because I think like he he's fine. Like he's a play, he's not a player that like, I have to move off of my team, right? Because what you're getting for this guy is maybe a second round pick in market, which for me is like, I can justify either way. If I'm a team where Colton Suns from wide receiver six, and I just kind of want to push off and grab another chip that can help me either upgrade something in season, maybe make a move for running back in season, or uh, just give me more flexibility moving into the next off season when Colton Sutton will be approaching age 29. I'm cool with that. I'm fine. If somebody's like, yeah, I'm going to take a second. That's exactly how I feel about, you know, Gabe Davis, who we might get to a little bit later, but I'm also fine keeping them. Like if this is a guy that I feel, especially some of your leagues where you have maybe three wide receiver, two flexes and court Sun just gives you an extra depth as a wide receiver that you can spot start in one of those flex spots. I'm also cool with holding, but there just really isn't a lot of excitement when people want to know why is this guy going? Why do we have him in our consensus rankings as wide receiver? How far down is he 50? And we all have him, give or take somewhere between 47 and like 50 mid fifties. Like we all have him there. Uh, that might seem over like the reaction to putting him that low might be too far one way, but the reason we don't have him hires, I just don't know at this point what the long-term expectation for Cortland Sutton is. Like, even if he comes out this year and he gives us a top 24 finish, which sure, I think it could happen, especially if touchdowns do start coming Denver's way. He's going to be going into 29 and the type of wide receiver he is where earlier in his career he separated better than people were expecting coming out of college. But, now he's kind of more just that big body guy. The big body wide receivers in the last five or six years have not aged gracefully. I mean, if you want to compare him, of course, he's a lower version of somebody, maybe like maybe even all three of these guys, like a Des Bryant, Alan Robinson, Alshon Jeffrey, all of those guys yeah. started to fall off at 27. Every single one of them fell off at 27. And we're not saying Courtney Sun can't give us another year or two. I just, I'm not convinced his skill set's one that's going to go into the 30s. Like a player like Amari Cooper, I think, can be wildly successful until basically injuries take away his ability to play great football. We've been saying that to players like Keenan Allen. Like until, until God comes in and takes away his ability to do what he does, he's just going to continue to be good. Where like Cortland Sutton might not have that same 
build. He's not that same type of wide receiver. He's never been elite at just about anything. Um, he's hovered around 20% team target share for basically like the last, since he broke out in whatever year that was, 2018 or 19, whatever that one season was. I mean, and that's, that's fine. I mean, that's, a, those numbers are like the second, usually the second target on a competent team, maybe the best target on a bad team. And that only 25 wide receivers last year had over 20% team target share. So that's the route to being top 24, but I just don't see it being higher than that. I don't think we're ever going to see 25% team target share Cortland Sutton again. Um, yeah, I'm just not that excited. I think that's why I just don't have him higher. I, I don't hate the player, but he just doesn't do it for me right now. Yeah. Britt, you know, Part of the reason that I am also kind of out on Quentin Sutton is I do think that a bounce back is possible for Russell Wilson. In fact, I would say that I I would expect a little bit of a bounce back. But even with that, I don't have much faith in Quentin Sutton with Jerry Judy being there, Tim Patrick becoming back from his injury this year. For Granted, whatever you think of Tim Patrick, but he's garnered some targets in his time. The drafting of Marvin Mims, the ascension of Greg Dulcich, all these things, you know, uh, what do you think? Yeah, and failing to even mention Samaj P. Ryan and his potential role in Sean Payton's Joker role that we've seen him use with uh, Alvin Kamara in the past. I think that Cortland Sutton last year, if he couldn't do that with an 88% snap share, then he's definitely not going to do it this year with this many other pieces and in this uh, specific type of offense. I think that those targets are probably going to go underneath more than deep. And Sutton ranked 11th in deep targets last season. I think he's going to be a candidate for the all-exercise team where he's out there running routes maybe, but he ain't getting targets. Like These routes are going to go underneath because Russell Wilson threw so many interceptions last season that Sean Payton is going to reel him in and really make sure that these targets are condensed, that they're short, low A-dot situation. And that's not where Sutton thrives. And like you said, Marvin Mims, that kills him. He's basically the same profile of a receiver, that big body uh, field stretcher type of guy. And he's going to eat into Sutton snap share. And I really don't see that there is a path for him to reach the top 24. Also, I may be a little bit biased because I was victimized by Cortland Sutton last season <laughs> in redraft as well. <laughs> I, I, I love it. I really like the point about Sean Payton, the type of offense he runs. And then also, you know, Marvin Mims, as you mentioned, you know, they're a little bit different frame wise, but they do, excel going down the field right and this is sean payton's first pick in his era as a denver bronco head coach i think it's a big deal him coming to town all right another wide receiver who's known for going downfield a lot is gabe davis and that's what we're gonna talk about right now dynasty league football june startup adp wide receiver 47 only 24 years old hasn't been in the league for that long came out of college early Wide receiver 34 and a half PPR points per game last year with 9.8. A bit of a disappointment compared to the ADP he was getting going into the season in redraft leagues and best ball leagues, you know, going in the fourth round of a lot of leagues. That outcome was not what we wanted to see for Gabe Davis. Well, it was what some people wanted to see, right? All the everybody like I'll say myself, did, who was a bit of a detractor of Gabe Davis's ADP last year. But so this offseason, the Bills have added Dalton Kincaid, Deontay Hardy, Justin Tour, but like none of these players affect Gabe Davis and what he does for the team. I think it was pretty telling that they haven't interrupted his role at all. We all mentioned like it makes sense for DeAndre DeCoppins to come to the Bills and like that would displace Gabe Davis, but that hasn't happened. Like he is still starting in all two wide receiver sets, apparently, for the Bills. 
And but now his ADP has come back down. Is now the time, the actual right time to get back in on the Gabe Davis business, Britt? I think so. And I will admit, I was a Gabe Davis detractor as well. So my husband and I had a bet, and I kind of low key loved it to see him uh, underperform. But this year, I don't think that that's going to happen. I think if you look at the numbers, um, he was sixth in A dot. He uh, was number three in yards per reception at like seventeen point four and number nine in snap share. The thing that killed Gabe Davis was his 52% catch rate. Like That is terrible for a wide receiver, especially a field stretching wide receiver. If he can work on his hands and can improve on that catch rate, he's going to pay off at ADP. And Diggs is getting older. You know, there was that snafu earlier last week where Sean McDermott was apparently very concerned about whatever was going on with him not showing up at minicamp. Um, I think if Davis can work on his hands, he's going to be a viable option for years. And he's honestly pretty good in target separation as well. Um, ranking 24th at a little bit over two yards per target. I mean, this guy's good. He just needs to learn to catch football. <laughs> if he can work on that and if their offensive coordinator can, you know, put him on the jugs machine over and over and over again, I think that this is finally the time to buy him. Yeah, Scott, I think that like, a lot of fancy football players got ahead of their skis a little bit with Gabe Davis. I think even the Bills maybe got a little ahead of their skis with Gabe Davis, um, expecting him to grow a little bit more than he did in in, in uh, his third year in the league. Um, he's very good down the field threat, but he hasn't really fully developed the rest of his game yet. But with this new, you know, falling dynasty ADP, I don't mind the price, as I mentioned. Do you like it, Skyler? Yeah, with, with Gabe Davis, I think it's all about expectation like when people were pumping him up last year expecting top 24 type finish because you know second option in this josh allen offense look what mike williams did a year before as a second option for justin herbert offense i feel like you know the excitement started to build with gabe davis and one thing i think we've done well over here is we just kind of kept kept it realistic with gabe davis so we had him just inside our top 36 last year for like a redraft perspective where we we said gabe davis is probably is what he is like he's a good player not a great player he's the second by default that'll give him a boost to target sure but he's a solid corner runner outs nines posts he's above average against man press but he's not a lead at anything and that's probably not going to change just kind of is what he is depends how well he's connecting with those deep balls i think where his finishes are to be honest if you look at it from a linear perspective like he made improvements last year versus the two years prior i mean this is a player who was a later draft selection, not as highly coveted by the league, who had a very bit part in his first two seasons with them having, you know, John Brown, Emmanuel Sanders, et cetera, there ahead of him. He got seven touchdowns again. That's he's had six or seven all three years. We just know what Gabe Davis is. Like again, he finishes wide receiver 36 in our adjusted points per game where we took out games under 25% snaps. He was wide receiver 34, but he busted 64% of the time. What we said with Gabe Davis is he's just a more well-rounded Marcus Valdez Scanlon. What we said, like he's he can he can improve. He is on the drug machines. It's funny. Last season, uh, Buffalo Bills have really good uh, player documentaries on their YouTube where they follow everyone around. This dude is on the drug machines all day. So maybe he, he just needs to keep going. You know, he's still in the grand scheme of things young, but it's just that's not necessarily I think his bread and butter. Uh, I think he, he he's good at what he does. I just I wouldn't expect him to do much more. I do think he can improve on last year. Again, you have a young guy who it was his first opportunity to take an elevated role. 
not everyone's going to explode in that first chance. He still should be snap wise, the second wide receiver on this team. I, yeah, I see, I see room for him to get a little better, but I think what we got last year is generally my expectation. Like if this guy is in my lineup as my wide receiver three or four, I'm just putting him there for the 40% of the time. He gives me a boom week and I'll just take it when I get it. And I will have other players in my lineup like Amari Cooper's, Deontay Johnson's, Hollywood Browns, Chris Godwin's to kind of elevate that floor a little bit. Uh, so Gabe Davis is what he is. Uh, I'm not like actively going and acquiring Gabe Davis, but if a manager is just trying to get rid of him for whatever, we, we talked on stream a little while ago, like early third round picks, is it's fine. Like you tell me you're going to take Cedric Tillman over Gabe Davis when we're hoping Cedric Tillman turns into Cortland Sutton, who we just mentioned is, like, how is he terribly different to Gabe Davis right now in the short term? It, why why are we taking Cedric Tillman over Gabe Davis? And that's the spot in the draft where managers at early third is still where I saw Gabe Davis kind of going while rookie drafts were happening. You know, I think it's interesting, too, mentioning, like, Mike Williams in there because I think, like, tearing down from Mike Williams to Gabe Davis and if, seeing what you can get on top of that might be a move that I'm, like, interested in trying to make. I think that's the right type of player where – you could offer similar seasons in your team, but you, if you can get the bonus on top, it's something I'd want to do. And we still forget, like you mentioned, he's only 24. Like it seems like right. he's been in the league for a long time, but he still has a lot of development and a lot of room yeah. for growth that he could develop into. I'm not going to say a top tier receiver, but somebody who's serviceable. Yeah. Who can be a wide receiver too. Uh, yeah. for your, for our fantasy teams. I think that's still in his range of outcomes at this point. I don't think we can say that it won't happen anymore all right Britt. this was fantastic really appreciate you coming on and joining us um but before we got here tell us where tell the people where they can they can find you find your work all that yeah i've got kind of a laundry list we've got a lot of stuff going on um first off thank you guys so much for having me love talking receivers especially amari cooper um so you can find me on twitter at brit underscore flynn um, next week, we've got Her Story with Sirius XM fantasy radio producer Shan Blunt, um, June 27th at 2 p.m. Eastern on Better Sports Network. Um, the Lightning Round Best Ball Championship is now filling for its third season in a row. Half goes to the pot, half goes to charity. Wonderful situation. We've doubled our donations every single year. So get in on that. You can find a link on my Twitter. Um, we are also launching a Better Morning talk show on Better Sports Network tomorrow at 8 a.m. Eastern Time. Um, and for the big finale, we just launched the Fantasy Football Draft Guide over at Fantasy Alarm, $26.99. It's going to be a living draft guide, meaning that it's going to be updated with all the news and all the changes that happen throughout training camp and the offseason. Um, just some really great information in there by yours truly and several other of our great analysts. So go check that out. Love it. Everybody out there, if you're if you're not already in the Lightning Round Best Ball Championship, you should definitely go sign up. I'm in it. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, fantasy and charity, there, there's nothing better. So get on in on that, especially if you like best ball. Uh, if you do play best ball and you're not an underdog yet, we are sponsored by Underdog. You can sign up with code JWB for first-time deposit match up to $100. A few more things while we're here before we get out. Like, subscribe, follow. In the description of this video, you will find the link to our free Discord link to our Patreon if you want some bonus content from all of us. link to our Clips catalog where you can look up every clip we ever had from any player we've ever talked about on any of our shows. Okay? 
one of the best resources out there to find the analysis from us and all of our guests. Until next time, see you later.